Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Fullen. Thanks for listening. This time, let's find out what it's like being freelance for social marketing consultant Sam Burgess. I was very like, oh, no, I don't need a business coach. You've got to admit all the things that you're doing wrong. Uh, you're just going to get criticised. And actually, it's really good because you've just got somebody who understands your business and is able to give you that level of support that you don't have. And I heard someone behind me say, oh, is that social math Sam? And then the other person went, oh, shall we go and speak to her? And then they went, no. And then I turned around and went, hello. And they were like, oh, hello. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it builds that personal connection. And people have said to me, when they've met me, you're exactly like you are on your podcast or you're exactly like you are in your Instagram stories. I feel like I know you so well. And that's wonderful. So, yes, here we go for another one. Uh, Beingfreelance.com is the website. Uh, You can find us on Twitter at Being Freelance, but also me. um, I'm just at S. Folland, F-O-L-L-A-N-D, both on Instagram as as well as Twitter. And Instagram, I've got to say, I'm loving, I really recommend this. Uh, Because on Instagram, you can now follow hashtags, so they'll appear in your feed or in your stories and I follow hashtag freelance life. And it's just lovely. It's a really nice glimpse into loads of different freelancers' lives, what they're up to. A lot of cats and dogs and beaches involved. Um, but yeah, the, the stress is the fun. Anyway, yeah, if, if, you've, if you've not followed any hashtags yet or you've not followed that one, I recommend it. I might even see you on there. You never know. Hashtag freelance life. Um, I'm trying to get more into Instagram this year because I, I use it a lot to follow and to see what other people are up to um, but don't necessarily get too involved myself um, from from like the podcast side of things so so that's what I'm doing not that I've abandoned YouTube either of course the vlog is still going up and you can find both that on YouTube as well as at beingfreelance.com anyway better shut up and crack on let's say hello to freelance social marketing consultant based in the uk sam burgess hey sam hello steve how about we get started hearing about how you got started being freelance Absolutely. So I have a pretty varied career path, but the bulk of it has been 15 years spent in the retail industry. I worked in a variety of positions, so shop floor all the way through to head office and kind of fast forwarding through those 15 years. In January 2016, I was working for Swarovski, the crystal jewellery brand. I worked in the marketing department, managing the social media channels for Swarovski. And after having been sat through kind of numerous presentations from really large, really well-known social media agencies that we were planning on working with, they were wanting to come in and take a massive proportion of our budget to execute my own ideas. And (laughs) I kind of... I was kind of sat there a bit like, this is a bit ridiculous. Like they're kind of come in and take, you know, quarter of a million pounds. Um, and yet a lot of them had a minimum spend threshold that was sort of like 30, 40, 50 grand, but they're just going to execute the ideas I've already come up with. And not only obviously that put my nose out of joint because I wasn't being paid that, but it did get me kind of thinking about where I'd started in retail, working in independent shops and wondering who is helping the independent shopkeepers and the creative small businesses that are out there when every agency that we were meeting with seemed to have a ridiculous minimum spend. So I was feeling pretty disillusioned. And I think January in general for a lot of people is kind of when you start questioning whether you like your job, whether you're happy, et cetera, et cetera. 
And I started to kind of get like a calling, which sounds a bit kind of spiritual, but it wasn't. I just knew that in my heart of hearts, I wanted to be helping others. And I've always been very passionate about teaching others and sharing my knowledge without sort of a second thought, really. I I love to learn about things. I like to get really deep into knowing a subject. And then I like to to share that knowledge with others. So I had a chat with my husband. He wasn't my husband at the time, but he's my husband now. And also my dad, because my dad's an entrepreneur. And I kind of assessed my saving situation and decided just to leave my job. Like I did have a business plan, so I didn't kind of do it on a complete whim, but I'm talking like on a Saturday, I wrote a business plan. Um, I decided what I wanted to call my business. I rushed over to my dad. I said like, you know, this is the saving situation, but I would really appreciate a little bit of um, support financially, if possible, because I need a new laptop and things like that. And he was like, okay, he made me pitch like Dragon's Den style um, for the investment. And that was it, really. I went back to work, I handed my notice in, and I started my freelance journey as a social, but then it was, a, I was a social media manager. So I was actually managing the social media for other businesses um and things have evolved a lot since then i love the fact that your dad made you pitch you know to see how yeah. serious you were i guess see yeah, yeah yeah totally he didn't think i was taking it seriously at all like i kind of had a really casual conversation with him and he was like you need to come back and properly pitch and i was like well i don't really want to come back can i just go in the kitchen and then come back in the living room <laughs> so i went into <laughs> So I went into the kitchen and like gathered myself and then walked back into the living room and my dad, my mom, and my husband were sat on the sofa in a line, like ready to pitch. And I was like, does anyone want to pop to the ATM and get some cash out? Or <laughs> and I did a proper pitch, like without any kind of rehearsal or practice. I just thought I'll do what I do best. And that's just let my passion shine. And it worked. That's so funny. You should do that as a family tradition at Christmas. Just <laughs> <laughs> And see, see, see who gets to spend the next year making that business come true. I like that idea. <laughs> um, well, so uh, I mean, you said deciding what to call my business in there as well. So, so you'd yeah. already decided that you weren't just going to trade as Sam. Yeah, um, I I once read an interview a long, long, long time ago about uh, Joe Malone and the fact that obviously the perfume and the fragrance company is called Joe Malone, and that's her actual name. Um, and after having a chat with my dad about it and stuff, he just kind of sort of said, you don't know where your business is going to go in the future, but would you be prepared for somebody to, if you sold your business, that they would continue trading as your actual name? Um, how would you feel about that? Cause then obviously you can never set up again with your name. So I decided I wanted to, and this is where my business has changed a lot is that I initially wanted to masquerade myself as a big agency and be seen as a we rather than a me um, because I thought it would give me more credibility and people would be more likely to work with me if they thought I was a large social media agency and so therefore it was natural that I had to come up with a a name. So you called yourself? Social Mouth. I kind of got the domain and set myself up as a limited company as Social Mouth Limited and then 
about six months in, I started to really hate it and wish I hadn't and wish I'd set up as St. Burgess and everything. But people have, so many people have said to me, like, the name's great. It's, you know, it's really, really good. So I've stuck with it. Now I really like it, but I kind of went through that phase. I think maybe it's kind of, I think a lot of children do it as well. I know I did as a child. I hated my name for a while and wanted to be called something exotic. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I think I just went, fell out of love a little bit with my brand name, but... I like it now. So you've obviously kept the brand name, but ditched the yeah. we, ditched the agency thing. Yeah. Basically what happened was I was managing people's social media for the first six months. I was masquerading a bit as a we and I had this team, etc. Um, not only did I hate managing people's social media, like company social media, because they just treated me like a an assistant, like a virtual assistant. And although the money was good, I hated it and I had a... A couple of really horrible clients. I had a client that didn't pay me. So within my first eight weeks of going freelance, I found myself having to take someone to small claims court. And, you know, that's not nice for anyone to have to do, let alone being eight weeks into running your business. I just hated it. I really, really hated it managing it for other people. And I was getting, you know, these opportunities come through into my inbox to pitch. Um, and, you know, there were massive budgets, like 50 grand budgets. And I was like, they think I have like an, I'm an actual agency and I don't think I want to take my business in that direction. And I don't know what changed really, but I just decided that, you know, people always say I, I'm better in person. And once they speak to me, they get my passion and my enthusiasm and they want to work with me. And I realized that people wanted to work with me. They didn't want to work with my assistant or my associates that didn't exist, obviously, but they wanted to work with me. So I decided to kind of ditch the we and go down the me route as a, I am an independent expert and I want to help you specifically. Let's get together and make marketing magic happen. And as soon as I changed it from we to I, obviously I had to spend a bit of time PRing myself, but that's when things really changed for me because people want to work with another person, I think, and that's kind of how it evolved for me. So I just became social mouth Sam (laughs) rather than social mouth and then a separate account that was me. So you went from social media manager to social media or now social marketing consultant. So that's quite a change as well, right? It was a huge change. So um, I stopped. When did I start? The business really started kind of March 2016. By October, I had uh, become so disillusioned with managing other people's social media accounts. And the turning point was I was on a flight home from Copenhagen. We were delayed. I had a client that insisted on me posting at 5 p.m. on Instagram and Instagram, you can't auto schedule. And the flight was delayed and I was stuck in the air and I missed the 5 p.m. thing and I got onto the ground and I had this like barrage of abuse from her. And I just thought I, this isn't what freelancing is supposed to be like. I, I thought I had more freedom and I didn't have to answer to people. And this is horrendous I can't be treated like this so I served all of my accounts notice um, and my dad is an investor in my business and he was not particularly pleased with the decisions that I made and said that it was I had really good steady income and it was a massive risk 
Uh, my husband wasn't very happy either. And I just said, right, you know, give me six months. I've got enough savings to last myself six months um, and run the business through. And by then, if, if it doesn't work, I will admit defeat and I will go back to work and get a proper job that has a steady paycheck. And they were like, okay, you've got six months. And in that six months, I kind of reinvented myself and my business as me and as a social marketing consultant. So I coach and I help you find your voice and I work it on a basis of, you know, you have one investment, you pay one lump sum with me and we spend time together and I teach you all the tricks and how to have a a great social media presence. And I focus it on Instagram because I work with mainly creative businesses, uh, which is going to save you money in the long run because if you get someone to manage it that's a monthly cost month after month after month and as your business grows that cost is probably going to evolve as well so why not just have a a larger lump sum and I'll teach you how to do it yourself and you'll feel empowered and not micromanaging a social media manager and that was what people wanted and suddenly it was like oh my goodness why have I not been doing this sooner And it worked and the phone started ringing and I was getting booked up left, right and center. And I wrote an e-course and I started doing group workshops and it just seemed to have this massive turning point for me that actually people wanted to learn themselves. They didn't want it taken away from them. But when I'd started social math, that's what I thought people wanted was to have it taken away from them. But they didn't. They want to be educated. Mm. And so I didn't go bankrupt and it was fine. (laughs) At any point in that time when you said that you hated it, you hate, 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 you said that a lot. I so was there really a point, though, where you thought, oh, I'm just, just going to go back and get, get a job again? Yeah, 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 there were. Um, when I had all the court, like the small claims court situation, it really rattled me. And I was really, really upset and I felt like a huge failure. And She was just really nasty and I thought why am I doing this? Like, it's it's not worth it. This is just not worth it. I could just be going to work nine to five and I could have a nightmare boss, but I leave at the end of the day, I go home and I still get paid. Um, this is having an absolute nightmare client who's behaving like a boss uh, and refusing to pay me. And yes, I, I was very close to jacking it in several times. The thing that stopped me from doing it, it was because we got a dog and we got Monty, our, our dachshund, within a few weeks of me starting social mouth and that was because I was going to be at home all the time and I was going to be able to look after him and he was obviously a puppy and he he's he's what got me through it to be honest and stopped me throwing in the towel because I knew that if I went back to work in an office in London that wasn't dog friendly I'd have to start paying for daycare for him and I'd need to have a whopping salary in order to cover that extra expense. So <laughs> I realised I had to make changes to make it work. That's hurrah for Monty then. Uh, I know. That's excellent. By the way, we'll put links at beingfreelance.com as ever through to everything that Sam's up to, but you must check out Monty on Instagram. I think he even <laughs> has his own account, doesn't he? He does. He's social mouth Monty. <laughs> he got When he turned one, he, he became an official co- colleague of mine. <laughs> Um, he's my only colleague and he comes to meetings with me as well one one question (laughs) that I clearly haven't asked though be it through the social media managing part of your business or now as consulting Mm -hmm. is where the clients Mm -hmm. came from particularly at the beginning of either one of those stages at the beginning I spent a lot of money on Google adverts that worked very effectively for getting 
not really small businesses, kind of medium to large businesses and some corporate clients that paid a really good amount of money per month. Um, I got a lot through Google ads and then I got a lot from LinkedIn. I used to work in recruitment, as I've mentioned. Did I mention I used to work in recruitment? But I used to work in recruitment when I did was in retail. It was one of the roles I had in head office. And therefore I have a massive LinkedIn following because LinkedIn's obviously what you use to recruit. And I got a lot of referrals through LinkedIn, which was great. And I got some really steady opportunities um, and I got some great like training I used to do some corporate training as well for social media for LinkedIn etc and I got a lot of that through LinkedIn and then I also used uh, people per hour which I I don't recommend I had a few clients through that but unfortunately all the difficult clients that didn't pay me (laughs) were through people per hour and I know other people have had great experiences with it but I did not. Interesting hearing you right from the you know right from the start going at Google AdWords, for example. Mm. When it comes to marketing ourselves, sometimes as freelancers, we sit there and think, "Yeah, I could do that, but that's going to cost me money." Um, yeah, and so we might get a business card done because you can get them on Moo pretty cheap, uh, or Vista Print. Practically shower them through your uh, through your letterbox. <laughs> But yeah. but going over, be it I don't know Google ads or Facebook ads or whatever, that that can that can kind of put a knot in your stomach and think, yeah, but that money. Mm. Yeah, it made me feel really sick, and I spent a lot of money. Like I had a, a budget per month, which was which was quite a lot of money. Um, but I I may I spent a lot of time learning about how to use Google ads effectively, and obviously it's a bidding process. So you know if you don't get your targeting right, you're going to get really low return on investment so you need to get your targeting right so if you're spending 100 pounds 200 pounds 300 pounds you need to make sure the targeting is correct because if you don't it will be well gone within 48 hours so I did spend a lot of time learning about it I hired somebody to help me with it as well which was obviously another cost uh but I thought if I do this this wrong I could get through it all really quickly I did some Facebook ads and LinkedIn ads as well but at the time Google was working most effectively for me so I I sacked off the social media ads quite fast but yes it it was expensive but it was almost like a no a no-brainer for me to I had to be I had to be seen, I had to be heard, I had to be found. I didn't, I wasn't somebody who left my job and, you know, which a lot of freelancing advice is, you know, you leave your job and use your contacts at your old job to get you your first freelance gigs. I didn't have anything like that. I I mean, I really did take a huge jump into the unknown and I look back on it and I think you're, you're so lucky that you were able to do that and that we had savings and I was able to kind of make that pun. But I did, that's why I pitched for investment from my dad was because I knew I needed some initial seed money to to advertise. Otherwise, no one was ever going to find me and I was just going to sit there. My husband works in finance and he does a lot of like cold calling as well as part of his job. And he was like, just pick up the phone and start calling people. And I was just like, no, <laughs> that's not what I do. No. <laughs> so I had to do advertising and let people find me. Um, and it worked. It did work. 
Thank, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. Um, because you had that literal investment, the cash investment to, to help you yeah. at the beginning. Um, yeah. And just, you know, just in case you're listening and thinking, well, I, I, I can't, I don't have my entrepreneur dad with the uh, Dragon's Den lounge room. Uh, <laughs> I'll put a link in the show notes to, I think it was Nisha's uh, episode where she talks about all the different sort of funding that she had early on. It's something I'd never really thought about i always just thought oh well you know you've got to get a credit card or a loan and pay for things but there are there's there's other ways to do this so think smart about it you you mentioned i had to go through a a period i think you said of pring myself yeah how did you pr yourself so um (laughs) i started going to loads of events i I sacked off the Richmond Chamber of Commerce. Apologies if the Richmond Chamber of Commerce are listening. I paid a lot of money to join the Richmond Chamber of Commerce and I went to a few networking events and it was just a lot of men standing around in suits who were like accountants and I had nothing in common with them and it was really awkward and I wanted to talk about Instagram and they were like, what? So I accepted that was a bad investment. Thanks, Dad. He insisted I join. Um <laughs> And I started finding events that were actually relevant and connecting with other female entrepreneurs. And I started going to events and joining Facebook groups and looking up events on Meetup and just getting out there, getting off my bum, out of my home office, putting a nice outfit on and a bit of lippy and some business cards and just took my tushy off to these events and started just chatting and making friends and connecting with them on Instagram and finding what Facebook groups they were in. And I just, that is basically what I did is I just connected with other people within not necessarily people that were going to become clients, but maybe people who were working with people that could become clients. So my business coach and I, we have a really big crossover in client base. She does business coaching. She helps them with their finances and getting all that in order. And then she says to them, right, you need to sort out your marketing, go to Sam. When I sit with someone for marketing, I then say, right, you need to go to uh, go to see her and she'll help you with your finances. So I wanted to make connections that would mean that I could not steal their clients, but I could also work with their clients, but also just people to help support me. And women are great at PRing each other. Um, I know all my friends do it for me and I do it for them and they become your biggest cheerleaders and, and shout about what you do. And especially if you find it very hard to talk about yourself and sell yourself, because it always feels a little bit awkward um they are there to do it for you so if you make really strong connections and they see that you're good at what you do then they'll shout about it for you and that didn't take very long so I really started PRing myself April last year and within a couple of months my Instagram following was growing like crazy I was in all these Facebook groups and people were asking me for advice and then then the phone starts ringing and you start getting paid work but you need to position yourself as an expert in a very crowded market um social media is is everybody's a bloody social media expert these days and it is really challenging to to be heard amongst everybody else so the only thing you can do is get your face out there and that is quite literally what i did Mm. When did you start working with a business coach? Was that quite early on or? No. Um, so April was really a big turning point for me where I started to really change my business. I'd gone through a period of bad health and realised that I needed to, to make some drastic changes. And that was when everything started to really change for me. I met Helena from the Guide to Growth 
we were actually at the same event in April, but we didn't actually speak to each other. And then we kind of liked each other's posts on Instagram for like a month. And then Helena messaged me and said she was thinking about getting a dog and could we meet up for a coffee? And so we met up for a coffee. We got on like a house on fire. I found out what she did. And then I thought, actually, you know what? You could really help me. Um, and it just kind of went from there really. Uh, so I help her with social media and she helps me with business stuff. Um, and I was very like, oh no, I don't need a business coach. You've got to admit all the things that you're doing wrong. Uh, you're just going to get criticized. I thought it would be very different to what it was. And actually it was me and Helena in my garden with static whiteboards in the summer, planning out the whole future of my business. And I realized I wanted something completely different to what I thought I'd wanted. Like, is it an ongoing thing where you, you meet, I don't know, every few weeks or a month or... So we have, because we're really good friends as well, we have a slightly more casual relationship to it than I'm sure she formalises with her clients. Apart from obviously being friends, we touch base purely on a business level. Every couple of weeks, um, I get a, I normally get a WhatsApp message going, how are you? How's business? How's sales? How's this going? How's that going? And I'm really honest with her and I just tell her what's going on or what I'm not happy with. And it's really good because you've just got somebody who understands your business and is able to give you that level of support that you don't have it's a it's almost a bit like having a manager like having a boss at work and although we you know don't like having bosses etc you know it's quite nice when you've got a very long to-do list and you're not quite sure which direction you're supposed to be going in and you've got no one to bounce any ideas off when you can go to your manager and you can bounce that off them and they can either say right no don't do that or yes that's a great idea but have you thought about doing it this way that is basically what Helena does for me is I I kind of tell her what's going on and then she says well have you thought about doing it this way etc so it's it's really good and I think I'm just very lucky that she's also my friend so therefore I have a kind of never-ending contract <laughs> with her <laughs> no that's really good you mentioned I hope you don't mind me asking because you, you no. mentioned a period of bad health was that while you were freelance or while you were working no it was while I was freelance um I hadn't I hadn't been very well. It was all very, very sudden. Um, and I had like an acute condition that needed to be treated. Uh, and it, it did it did shake me a little bit because I was glad at that point that I was in the period of transition for my business. So I had finished with all my management contracts before Christmas and I was just starting to get things, the ball rolling as to how I wanted my business to look. And I was putting all my coaching programs together. So it was good because I didn't have to let anybody down. I was able to to get the treatment I needed, uh, have a bit of period of recuperation and then get back to work. And it didn't affect any of my clients. Um, but it did make me realise that I was really glad that I was going down a coaching route rather than a management route because, you know, the whole period of time was about four weeks. Um, and that would have been really bad if I had been managing social for clients because I didn't have anyone to pass it on to. Uh, and so it probably wouldn't have got done and I probably would have lost the contracts. Mm. So it was four weeks where you 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 couldn't have, you know, even if you had have had work that you needed doing, you couldn't have done it. Not really, no, because I had a couple of operations. So I was I was unable to to really work. I was just writing notes down on what I wanted my coaching program to look. And if I felt tired, I went and had a nap, which was really nice. But it was a kind of time in my life where I thought, God, I really wish I still worked in an office and was getting sick pay yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but I mean, I guess you had those savings built up that you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'd had a good first year. I had a really good first year and I'd had some amazing clients that were paying me a lot of money per month. So I had a really buoyant 
bank account that I had my initial investment. I spent that, I'd made that back and I had quite substantial amount of profit. So I was really comfortable and knew that that would coast me for about six months before I would not have any money left. Has that experience made you feel differently as you think about the future of being freelance though? Yes. Yeah, it, it has. It has. It's made me a lot more more determined. Um, it was quite a, a morbid time because I, I was really unwell and I was lucky that, um, that the situation had been caught mm-hmm. when it had. Otherwise, I could have been really, really, really ill. Um, and it did make me kind of reassess everything and what I wanted from life as well as what I wanted from my business and what I wanted from being freelance. It also made me realise that I mustn't work myself into the ground and it made me realise that I needed to make sure I always had money in the bank to kind of cover periods of not being able to work. Um, so it did it did, it did, did definitely affect how I felt about everything. Mm. I started thinking about all the things I hadn't done that I wanted to do and not in like a bucket list kind of way, but in a, right, you wanted to do this, so just get on with it and do it. And as a child, I had a, a radio station. Obviously, it didn't actually broadcast anywhere. It was just me in my bedroom with a karaoke machine. <laughs> um, and I used to love my little radio station and I always kind of wanted to be a radio DJ. And uh, as I got, older and podcast became a thing I kept thinking I wanted to start a podcast um and I used to listen to the lively show Jess Lively it's the only podcast I ever listened to and I kept thinking I want to start a podcast but I don't know what to talk about I don't know what to talk about and I just decided right I'm going to start a podcast and that was kind of it and it was going to be so to support my business because I kind of had to explain this all to my dad because he's very involved in my business in a decision-making level like why are you doing this he doesn't understand social media or marketing or any of that but he he questions the decisions I make and the time I'm going to spend on it and whether or not it's going to make me money so I said I'm going to start a podcast and he was like right and how are you going to monetize that and I was like well one day I'll be able to monetize it and he's like "Mm." so anyway I started the podcast regardless because I (laughs) I do what I want to do I started my podcast and I didn't think it was going to make me anything at all Uh, but I hoped it would raise my profile and I was getting really good feedback so I just went from there and now season two was sponsored which was incredible season three will be coming in the spring that is also going to be sponsored but I got clients off the back of it which was not what I was expecting at all but I had clients that you know I was interviewing guests and they do the majority of the talking but yet it seemed to be when I did have something to say it was wise and knowledgeable and it positioned me as an expert and it shot into the business iTunes top 40 and suddenly you know people were actually contacting me to work with me and not just to be a guest on the show but actually wanting to hire me to to run workshops and uh, to speak at trade shows which is where a lot of my speaking engagements have come from is that people have heard me on the podcast and thought ah she can string a sentence together Maybe she'd like to stand on a stage and do it. So it hasn't like made me a lot of money directly. If I look at the amount of hours that go into recording, editing, etc., producing, promoting, marketing, all of that jazz, it hasn't really made me any money. But it has opened doors to so many opportunities that then have made me money and continue to do so because that's the beauty of the podcast is people are always discovering it and listening to it and I wasn't ever expecting it to become anything it overtook my blog I kind of stopped writing my blog I do occasionally write a blog post but I actually prefer speaking than writing 
through what you've been developing, you're creating a, I don't know, is it an actual community or as in who interact with each other or people on a mailing list who maybe interact with you, if you see what I mean, it's kind of different. Yeah, so I I have tried to build a community around me and around my business and then they interact with each other. So I have quite a, a substantial mailing list, but I wanted to take those people because I know they all have one thing in common, which is obviously me, but the other thing they have in common is they're all small business owners and like 90, I think it's like 97% are women. So I started a Facebook group uh, and basically they all came over and joined the Facebook group and now they all talk amongst each other and I have a hashtag on Instagram and we all talk amongst each other and we support each other and we comment on each other's Instagram posts and we share tips for tax returns and all that jazz. Uh, so I have built a community around me and it's it's really nice because I was at Top Draw on Sunday and I was leading a panel and I was sat just reading through my questions for the panel before about a couple of hours before I went on and I heard someone behind me say oh, is that social math Sam <laughs> and then the other person went oh, is it and then the other person went oh, shall we go and speak to her and then they went no and then I turned around and went hello and they were like oh hello <laughs> and I was just like this is ridiculous I feel like a celebrity this is stupid this is really really stupid I'm not a celebrity do you know what though that's partly like for especially now with Instagram stories but also with your podcast you, that more than anything mm-hmm. really builds that personal connection I think a hundred percent a hundred percent like when I got recognized in a shop the lady recognized me from my voice before she saw me um, and she heard I picked up something in a shop and I said to my husband like oh this is nice and we were having a chat amongst it and he was probably saying we don't need it and I was going oh no no but we do we do really need this like vase or something and I put it down and I turned around and she was like properly eyeballing me and I was like hello and she just went oh, are you social mouth Sam and I was like yes and my husband went oh Jesus Christ <laughs> and I walked off normally it's monty that gets recognized people are like oh it's monty from instagram like, what this is ridiculous so now the dog gets recognized and i get recognized my husband's just like trying to blend into the background like oh my god that's really cool <laughs> but um but yeah it builds that personal connection and people have said to me when they've met me you're exactly like you are on your podcast or you're exactly like you are on your instagram stories i feel like i know mm. you so well um, and that's wonderful. And that makes me so happy because all I try to do is be myself and be 100% genuine. That's great because I would hate if I wasn't coming across the right way because then if I booked a client and then we're going to do a seven hour day together, they would be mighty disappointed yes. if I wasn't yeah. like I was online. Now, I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself, make two true, one a lie and let me figure out the lie. So what have you got for me? Okay. I was expelled from boarding school and very nearly didn't end up with any qualifications. I met Tom Cruise in a lift in Dubai and had him sign the only thing I had with me at the time, which was my English GCSE coursework. (laughs) (laughs) And my last one, my great auntie is Judy Dench, who I should actually say is Dame Judy, but she's obviously Auntie Judy to me. Okay, so you were a teenager in Dubai. It was the Easter school holidays and I was doing my English coursework while we were on holiday. My parents were in the aviation industry. We used to travel a lot. So I was doing my English coursework whilst on holiday by the pool. You know, there are worse places to be doing your coursework. Um, And it was when Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman uh, had split up. 
And I did have actually something else with me. I had Hello Magazine, but the front of Hello Magazine was all about Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise's <laughs> split. And I didn't really think he'd want to sign that. So the only other thing I had with me was my, my handwritten creative writing English coursework piece because you had to submit one piece in handwriting. And that was the piece that I had been writing by the pool. And that was all I had with me. Excellent. You were expelled from boarding school. Yeah. What were you expelled for? Uh, I was expelled for just being a very naughty girl. It was just, you know, one thing after another after another. And I kind of, it was the straw that broke the camel's back and I was asked to never return. Um, so, yeah, I got I got booted out at 15. And Judy Dench is, is your great auntie. Mm-hmm. So she's my grandma's sister. Have you met Dame Judy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've met her a few times. I, I don't, wouldn't say like we're like super close because, well, great aunties you generally yeah. aren't that close to. But like we we send Christmas cards and birthday cards, and she lives not that far from my mum and dad. Have you ever played charades with Auntie Judy? <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> I would love to though, but no, we're not that close that we all get together for Christmas. She has her own family. Um, <sighs> okay, but obviously my grandma sees her. I I have. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking Dubai seems like something to say now, but when okay. you were, I mean, I don't know how old you are, but clearly you're you're married and you've had a 15-year career or whatever. See, I pay attention. So um, was <laughs> Dubai somewhere that you would have gone as a teenager on holiday, but then you did say your dad travelled or your parents travelled? Mm. <sighs> But you were certainly early to the Dubai scene, that's for sure. So is that made up mm-hmm. as you said Dubai? Expelled. I, can't, I struggle to, I mean, admittedly, I don't know, you do what you're told, but you do ignore people. I wonder whether as a teenager, <laughs> that same trait could get you into more trouble. Uh, so maybe you... I'm pretty gobby as well. Well, I wasn't going to say it. So... <laughs> <laughs> I, I am pretty gobby. My mouth gets me into trouble. Well, not so much nowadays, but it used to. <laughs> as, as a teenager version you, you know, all of all of these things often that teachers and parents, for that matter, moan at us about are actually personal traits that serve us well later on in life. We just don't realise it, right? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. You see, I can't believe you were expelled. Tom Cruise Dubai, I liked the detail. I think that is true. Judy Dench, I want to be true, so I don't think you were expelled. Wrong. Ah! Judy is not my auntie. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. Judy Dench was such a good thing to make up. Well done. Which means Tom Cruise was true and Dubai, of course. Yes. Even yeah, better. I really met him. Yeah. I've been going to Dubai. This will be the first year in 25 years that I haven't been to Dubai. So I've seen Dubai change from being a desert with camels to what it is nowadays. But yeah, it's just a it's a family place that we've always been because my parents were in aviation. Wow, that's cool. Now, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? It's going to be the hardest, but the most rewarding thing you're going to do. But enjoy the nine to five and the steady paycheck while you can. <laughs> uh, take all the holidays, uh, spend money on things that you probably don't really need, but you want because there'll come a point when you won't have that kind of financial freedom, but you will feel so much more fulfilled with what you do. Hmm. 
make the most of the nine to five while it's there. Rock up for one minute to nine and leave at one minute past five. <laughs> Sam, thank you so much. You can find out about Sam and Social Mouth and Monty and the podcast mm-hmm. and everything else at beingfreelance.com. We'll put a link through. Of course, while you're at the website as well, you can hit subscribe on the mailing list, check out the vlog. Of course, the hundred or so other guests. Please do make sure you subscribe. And if you've enjoyed this, of course, reach out to Sam, but also share it with other freelancers. But um, Sam, thanks so much for sharing. And And all the best being freelance. Thank you very much for asking me. Thank you so much.